Hello, and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. Today is a special episode because it is a bonus episode for the month of August. But today is also special because we are joined by a guest, Tara McConnell, MTBC. She's bringing us a message of encouragement, community, and hope reflected not only in the music therapy work being done through Sophie's Place, but also for music therapists everywhere. Let's meet Tara before we jump in. Tara McConnell is the Executive Director of McConnell Music Therapy Services Incorporated, serving the greater Sacramento, California area since 2002. A 1995 graduate of University of the Pacific, Tara is a passionate advocate for music therapy, serving on the California State Task Force for many years and receiving AMTA's Changemaker Award for Music Therapy Advocacy in 2015. She thrives by encouraging and mentoring her team, supporting new professionals, providing consultation for music therapy business owners, and creating new programs. Tara's agency employs nine music therapists and serves multiple medical, psychiatric, and rehabilitation hospital settings, special education programs, and private clients. In 2016, Tara's team helped to open the second Sophie's Place, a pediatric music therapy studio built within the Sutter Medical Center, Sacramento's Children's Center. She believes in the power of music to transform people and communities and is a lifelong advocate for innovation in the arts and medicine. I hope you will be as encouraged by this episode as I was being a part of this conversation. And as Tara will go on to say later, we are looking for good news. People are looking for good news. And she is going to bring some to us today. Let's get to it. Well, Tara, it is so wonderful to have you on the podcast with us today. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're so excited. So um, first, if you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners, kind of tell us about your clinical journey and how we got here today. Well, let's see. Um, once upon a time, no, <laughs> in a um, very long time ago, actually, um, I was a young piano student in the mid 80s, and I just fell in love with music. I had this moment where the world kind of stopped around me, and I was actually just immersed in creativity and writing pieces and improvising on the piano and I was about eight or nine and I just I felt like 
your soul is just captured. And I knew that I had to do music somehow, somewhere. So that's kind of the beginning. Um, And that morphed into auditioning for the junior high jazz band and not getting it and them handing me a bass and saying, if you learn this over the summer, you could play bass in the jazz band. And so like, okay, that sounds cool. (laughs) I'll do that. You know, fill a need, right? It started way back then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, that led me on to studying bass and then going to University of the Pacific in Stockton um, and California and majoring in music therapy. I really didn't really fully know what the music therapy was. I was a psychology major and then at the last minute switched to the conservatory and audition. It was kind of a big jumble of time where, you know, you're 18, you don't really know what you're doing. And I checked a box and I'm like, okay, this sounds cool. Kind of like therapy, psychology, right? Yeah. My very first day of college, um, my professor, Audrey O'Connell, um, she is no longer with us, but she is with us in spirit. And every single day, I think of the things that she taught me. Very first day of college, very first day of music therapy, um, she did this music relaxation exercise. And it was absolutely amazing using piano and vocal improv. And I was, I knew immediately right then that's what I had. That was my life's work. So I'm really lucky. I feel very blessed that I had that experience, but I will say it was a lot of luck and a lot of chance and a lot of just following your intuition where you need to be in life that kind of got me here. Um, I graduated in 1995 um, and started my business in 2002 Um, McConnell Music Therapy Services. We're based in the Sacramento area. Um, I live in the foothills outside of Sacramento and um, Auburn. And um, since then, I've had the luxury of working with some of the the best music therapists, I think, ever. Um, (laughs) Our team has always been really, really um, highly skilled, highly skilled musicians, highly skilled clinical therapists, and um, we've built some really amazing programs across six different, actually soon to be seven hospital systems, um, school districts, eating disorder clinics. We work in psychiatry, special ed, oncology, neuroscience, um, pediatrics, obviously, which is really exciting, which is what we get to talk about more today with Sophie's Place. Yeah. Tell Um, us about that. Yeah. So um, I helped start along with my colleague, Celeste Keith, um, back in the day, I worked for her company, The Music Works, and we together um, started the program at Sutter Hospital in Sacramento. And it was pediatrics and adult oncology. And it started very small, like eight hours per unit per week back in 1996. And since then, well, then it grew and the program shifted. They ended up hiring a music therapist in the middle. And then in 2007, I was in business. They contracted with my company. And then in 2013, I get this message because I was just in adult oncology at that point. Okay. Saying, we have this opportunity. Number one, we're building a new hospital across town. 
And number two, we want a music therapy studio. Um, I had been kind of bugging the child life director for about five years at that <laughs> point. <laughs> so she knew who to call when it was opening. Right. Um, and it started very small at just 10 hours a week. And they said, we are going to build this this music therapy room called Sophie's Place in the new hospital. And first of all, I was totally blown away. And I will tell you that the story of Sophie's Place and the history of music therapy this in this capacity in the hospital began in honor of a young girl named Sophie Barton. And she passed away suddenly at 17 years old and her family wanted a way to honor her. She was a singer songwriter, incredible songwriter, musician. She had released albums. She had volunteered at primary children's hospital in Salt Lake city and wanted to be a music therapist. Mm. And her family, um, together with their friends, uh, Steve and Barb Young from the forever young foundation, um, wanted a way to honor her and build these music therapy spaces. Wow. In hospitals. And it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Not only the generosity and the community partnership, but just her memory. And I, I never met her. I wasn't able to meet her, but I feel like I know her through her music and her songs and her, the stories from her family that I've been so honored to be a part of. Wow. And every single day going into that space, you feel that energy. Yeah. Of, wanting to help kids, wanting to share music. And what an incredible legacy for such a young really person. Is. Right. Um, Beautiful. so it started in Salt Lake city. Um, our Sutter children's center, um, is part of Sutter medical center, Sacramento. Um, and we were the second one to be created, um, in the country. There are now, let me look at my notes. There's six active programs wow. across the country. Um, right now with more to come, hopefully, um, there is a mobile Sophie's place, um, with the Taylor family foundation in Livermore, California. They have a, a van filled with instruments that goes to different hospitals. Um, of course there's primary in Utah, um, Cardin children's in Mesa, Arizona, um, Mott children's at university of Michigan just opened last wow. month and it's. Fan, fabulous. I can't wait to go visit. Um, Brenner um, is almost ready to do their opening in Winston-Salem, North That's Carolina. Incredible. So all over. All over. And there's more to come. Um, and to give you an idea of what it is, just on a logistical level, because yeah. I'm not there, I'm not recording it there today, but because it's being used <laughs> for most Yay. of the <laughs> But um, you walk in and one of Sophie's songs was called Shine On, and it's this beautiful song. And so the words shine on are integrated in all of the, the design of all of the different Sophie's places. So in ours, and we can put links. Oh, yes. Podcast to oh, yeah. different photographs and things, but I'll make sure everybody can go look at the pictures online. Yes, they're they're beautiful. Um, you walk in and the words, big, bold words, shine on, light up outside the doors. There are electric guitars mounted in the walls, in the wall to the left of the doors. There's beautiful, a beautiful mural 
of Sophie playing her guitar and this beautiful art piece that her father created with her song lyrics and her handwritten notes that covers the back wall of wow. her song lyrics and different stories and really the, the words music changes everything. And that is really their focus. It's realizing the power of music in the children's hospital to create change and create healing. Yeah. And that's why we're, why we're there. Um, these places don't exist just through the Forever Young Foundation. It's a full community partnership through the Sutter Medical Foundation, the um, Sutter Medical Center Foundation, the everywhere, everyone from the people that came in to do the flooring to the textiles, to the lighting, the professional sound, professional recording studio. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. And the donations of instruments from different community partners, different nonprofits in the area. Angels for Hearts is one of them. Skips Music, local music stores donated. Um, yeah. And many more that I can't remember off the top of my head. Just lists of community partners um, that helped create. Even the flooring has a design of a treble clef and a bass clef intertwined in the floor. It's That's beautiful. so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. It's just, it's, it's one thing to imagine and I know it would be just absolutely breathtaking to be able to walk into that space, which you guys get to do every day. And I think that's so amazing, not only to work there, but as patients and staff and families of the hospital get to use that space. I mean, yes. that's so impactful. So if you could describe like how the space has, has been used, is going to be used, like what is, what kind of work are you doing in Sophie's place? Well, this is super exciting to tell you where, what we were doing, how we adapted yes. in 2020, and then kind of what we're doing now and getting back and what our yeah. goals are. Um, prior to COVID, we would do an average of 200 to 250 groups a year wow. in that space. Um, it was pretty much a daily, weekly group that would happen. Um, we had groups for teenagers. We had parent support groups for parents of babies in the NICU. Um, and we have a full NICU program as well attached to our music therapy services. That's awesome. Um, Sutter contracts with my agency, McConnell Music Therapy, for all of their music therapy services for PEDS and other sites. But for right now, um, before COVID, we had two full-time people pretty much. Um, and that's now, you know, three halftime people, but it's, it's a little less than we had before, but, um, we're currently not able to do groups as much, obviously like anything we are, we can do it, but it's limited in how many sure. people. So we're not serving as many people right now. Prior to COVID, we would have um, like I said, the daily groups, all different types of groups. Um, we would have monthly showcases where musicians from the community would come in and perform and and we would open up the doors. We're very strategically placed in the hospital so that the doors open and you're in on the second floor looking down into the full lobby of the hospital. So it's very exposed. We can put the PA speakers outside. Um, have people walk by, even the staff that don't have time to stay and listen 
just walking by, it changes their their mood, their perception of work that day. And, yeah. Um, even the families too that aren't pediatric patients that tend to be walking around and and the staff, it really affects everyone. Um, hopefully soon, probably realistically, probably after this next flu season. So probably right. early 2023, we're going to bring back those showcases. We also were able to partner with our local Sacramento Philharmonic um, Symphony to bring small quartets and trios wow. to come perform. So yes, it is a music therapy space for groups, but it's also a showcase place where we can have artists coming in. Um, we're right next door to, to a um, professional music venue with traveling um you know, well-known artists as well. Yeah. So we had Lisa Loeb and Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons and people stopped by. And that's been really fun because we do have the professional sound and equipment and lighting to really accommodate those types of performances as well. It's it's a real how, treat. And what's cool. so exciting though is these kids, they're in the hospital for months sometimes. Yeah. And there's, it gives them a space to be and to go where they feel seen and heard, they have a voice, they can interact with other people, they can enjoy something fun with their sibling and their parents, um, and then they can also have a space to record the music that they may be working on at bedside with the right. music therapist when they can't always be there. Yeah. Um, so and I, I'm thinking the word like sanctuary comes to mind yes. with this space. And especially for patients getting to kind of get outside of their room, if they're able to, and like yes. have a designated place to go, I believe would be a game changer for totally. those patients. Yes, absolutely. And the families. Yes. It is, it is so, um, it's, there really are no words <laughs> to yeah. really describe it because it is so powerful yeah. to think not only for the family to think, oh my gosh, we're important enough that somebody created this space for us. Mm. Yeah. And but, what a great way to showcase music therapy too. Right. Exactly. And having the resources, I and I will tell you, this is 100% philanthropy funded. Wow. And has been since 1996. Wow. And I hope that gives people hope that to continue to reach out to your foundations at your hospitals, the people in your community, yeah. some people aren't even donors for the hospital, but they don't even know about what music therapy is or what, you know, they can do and what goals that music therapists work on and really the need there. Now, yeah. there are a lot of programs also that are fully hospital funded now, which is yeah. super exciting. Yes. And that is becoming the norm. Um, and I think there's a place for however hospitals have to work, right. have to function. I mean, we're at a place where this is how Sutter um, health has chosen to operate for now. It could change sure. in the future. And I look at that as a win. <laughs> if yeah. we have more music therapy in the world, that's a win, yes. um, no matter where it is. And so um, I will say, though, that during the pandemic, during that horrible time of March 2020, when we were all like 
shut down and nobody knew what to do. Sophie's place was that sanctuary mm. for the staff of the hospital. That's we were not huge. able to see uh, patients. Obviously, everyone was isolated, but we opened that room with the support of spiritual care, social workers, and had it as a sanctuary for the medical teams. Wow. I will tell you that we had music therapists staffing Sophie's Place eight hours a day, seven days a week in different shifts. So from 10 to 2 in the middle of the day and from 8 p.m. to midnight. Wow. for the night shift. And the stories that came out of that, um, we served 578 frontline workers during six weeks of time. Actually, no, it wasn't six weeks. It was beginning of April through mid-June. Oh, yeah, so six weeks. <laughs> but it was. It took us a couple weeks to figure out, okay, what, what are we going to do? How do we do this? So it started yeah. first of April. And there were the stories that came out of those experiences of, you know, it just, there was so much need for a place for people to go and decompress before getting in the car and going to their home and having to change and be there for their families. Um, It was the space where surgeons and parking attendants and EVS, environmental service workers, and physicians and nurses all were there together, six feet apart with masks. Right. (laughs) Very social distance and very safe. But there's enough space with the doors open to where people could be separate, but they could be together. And there was a piano. There's a piano in there. So we had surgeons playing the piano with a housekeeper playing the drum. And it was like everyone was, there was community. Wow. And there was support. And there's, there really and there was, was no music. Other place. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there was really no other place on the planet at that time where people could safely gather and play music that was allowed. Yeah. That was not happening as we it, all know. And yeah. like that hurt our hearts because we were not able to do that. Right. You guys were able to make that happen. And like, uh, I get chills. <laughs> It, it still gives me chills thinking about it, honestly, because it was that moment that we thought was just so bad. I mean, we thought, oh my gosh, we're done. Like, how's this even going to continue? So and much unknown. It was, it was really music itself that showed us what was possible. Right. Which is and funny because I think we we overlook that so much because as music therapists, you know, we are very much in control of the music in the, the session planning and the way that we are strategic with how we use music, but it is in those very like human raw, beautiful, natural moments where the music just does what it needs to do. And we don't always need to have control of that. Like we can just be hands off and just let it happen. And it sounds like that was what was happening and it was exactly everything it needed to be. Right. And it was because of those moments that we thought were, was the end of the world. (laughs) Now the whole hospital knows what we do. They've experienced it. (laughs) Yes. And you can't, no amount of talking or reports or in-services or, you know, know, handouts or 
elevator speeches is going to do that. It's just right. not. So our job as music therapists, our, our marketing campaign, if you will, is to show up. Yeah. Literally just show up and bring music and bring yourself. Yeah. And don't think too hard about it. Yes. Yes. Have a plan. Yes. Know which NMT techniques you're using with. Of course. Yeah. Like let's, you know, but don't shut yourself off so much that you don't, you don't make room for the music to do its job, Mm. which it does so well. And it's why we, this profession even exists. Yeah. So, you know, don't be too planned. That's my, that's my little takeaway. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's a privilege to work with, like I said, with the team that I have. We have two amazing clinical directors, Daniel Basita and Becky Parker, that have been with us for seven years. And um, just an amazing team of young professionals. We have an internship with University of the Pacific right now, hoping to get a national roster soon um, once we can get that going again and yeah. get more permissions. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's the people that you surround mm-hmm. yourself. We've had amazing advocates at the administrative level for our hospital over the years, um, and we couldn't do it without them, truly. Yeah. But I think what's so encouraging about that is because seeing how successful this program has been and just the, I mean, the word that you've said over and over and the, the, um, the, kind of the the word that summarizes a lot of the power behind this is community. And yes. there have been so many um, involved in making this such a success, but that is so encouraging because I feel like as music therapists, we we're often told no. And when we, we try to do things, it can feel like we are having to, to fight so hard and work so hard and it can be really exhausting. But what yes. you're describing is is very encouraging just listening to this because it is possible. It totally is possible. And I will tell you that when you get told no, which happens a lot, not only from patients in the hospital that just don't want to have anything to do with music therapy, which right. happens, and that yeah. is their choice. They're, that is an awesome thing when they tell you no yeah. because they have a choice in that moment. Which There's autonomy. Right. So it's all how we reframe it. Right. And as a business owner, especially when you get told no, great. That just means you're not supposed to work with them. (laughs) And it's just guides you to more where you're supposed to be Mm. and to just not give up. If I could, you know, plead my (laughs) pitch, my case for not giving up and finding community people that are like minded, Um, you know, we like I said, we partner with other arts organizations, with the symphony. Um, I'm partnering soon with the Auburn Symphony here in Auburn to do some community outreach. No, it's not music therapy, but the more people are educated in the world about the power of music to affect your mental health and your brain and your well-being, the better we all are. Yeah. And the more people are in tune with that, whether it's a big rock concert at a big arena or it's a small symphony concert in a local foothill town, the people need to be aware of 
how it's really helping their mental health. And if we can get that awareness just into the community at large, generally, then when we go to introduce ourselves to the local memory care facility or the local school district or wherever we need to be that day, (laughs) then it's not so foreign. It's, It's like the next logical step. Yes, but you have to start globally because people don't, they still don't know. I honestly, after doing this 27 years, I really thought we'd be a little farther along (laughs) with, you know, people understanding what we do. And yes, we are, we are. Yeah. But there's still, it's still a niche market, which is very positive if you're owning a business. Right? right? There aren't enough of us, supply and demand. So it's really perspective and how we look at ourselves as music therapists and how we look at how what our role is in the community. If yeah. our role is, is really micro in, okay, we need this contract or everything is going to fall apart. That's not really healthy because then you're you're dependent on somebody else's approval. And really, Mm. we need to know that, number one, this is science. Right. This is healthcare. And this is powerful. And we've known, humans have known the power of music since the beginning of time. Yes. So we have- It's not a new thing. (laughs) This is, I mean, it makes actually modern medicine look new. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Compared to what we know as music therapists, right? And so- as we move forward, just standing firm in that and knowing that. And if people don't get it right away, that's okay. They'll come around or they won't. And it'll direct you as a professional or as a business owner or a clinician to where you're needed. Um, But focusing on the global level of reaching masses of communities of through relationship with other arts organizations, just to know what you do. There's a lot more people that are receptive than you think. Yeah. There really are. You just have to keep putting yourself out there and calling people out of the blue and saying, let's have lunch. Let's have coffee. I want to tell you what I do. Being a member of the Chamber of Commerce, being um, visible in your community, doing service projects and things like that. Yeah. Oh, what is that? And then it sets the stage for, oh, Sophie's place exists. Oh, I know this donor, blah, blah, blah. And it, it, things just naturally unfold when people are, and music therapists, we're our authentic self and we share music. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think also knowing the value that we bring and, and the the value of music therapy. And like you said, standing firm in that while we're building those connections um, yes. is an important form of advocacy also globally. Yes. And, you know, on a micro scale when it comes to those contracts and things, but um, in, including that perspective and that mindset as we go in the community and not underselling ourselves either. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, I will say, as a longtime California task force member, (laughs) every music therapist should know who your local assembly members or legislators, senators are at a local level, at a state level, and a national level. And they should, at minimum, 
just you have an introduction or even an email with some yeah. information. It, th- there's not a lot of us in the country still right. compared to other professions. So if you think about some of the pockets of the country where we're not that represented, yes, there's been a lot of, su- of success recently with licensure in different states, and that's super exciting. Yes. California is still behind in that, <laughs> but... We're working on it in Missouri, too. <laughs> yes. So, but... It has been so well received when we do reach out, um, but we just need help. Every music therapist really needs to do that because I think really that is the future is policy change and insurance reimbursement um, and not as reliant on the philanthropy piece as we have been here in Mm -hmm. California. Um, So that's my little, my little commercial for knowing who your task force people are and knowing who your, your representatives are, just let them know that it even exists. Not so much so they can answer questions about it. I mean, they're not going to totally listen to everything, right? (laughs) They're They're very busy, but if a bill comes up in the next year or less than a year in their district, um, or their legislative committee, they'll at least remember that you call them and then they will call you and ask you questions. That's, which is that's the idea. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of the um the struggle, but also the benefit of being in kind of a niche profession, if you will, if you want to think about right. it that way, because they probably won't talk to very many of you. So when when you do call and make that connection and then they see the bill, they're gonna think, oh, I talked to a music therapist. That sounded right. really interesting. Or let me look back in my files of things and dig out that information because now I have it. Right. Instead of, I don't know what this is. No. Right. So, and even in California, our, our bill that we did have for title protection for board certified music therapists, it passed unanimously in all the committees. Um, wow. So it's not controversial. <laughs> and right. it actually can bring everybody together right now, which is what we need. We need people to agree on certain things. So there's that community piece again. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. Yeah. It all ties in. And you, I think you never know who is going to be a big supporter. And like you've already described the, the, the overwhelming amount of support that Sophie's place has been shown. I think it would be hard for any representative, any legislator to know about an organization like Sophie's Place or really any music therapy practice and say, no, that doesn't seem to be worthwhile. Right. Right? (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's really, I, how do I say this? It's really good for them as well to come visit places like this. Uh, It's good PR for, for them and also for the programs and, um, and this isn't just for Sophie's Place. I encourage any music therapist to reach out to your city council member or your, your your local representative and ask them to come visit your program. Yeah. Mental health especially mm. and is pervasive in every setting you're working in right now. Any music yes. therapist is, is working in a mental health setting <laughs> yeah. at some level. Um from the schools to oncology to neuro, it is all really mental health support. And people are very anxious right now to find some good news. And we have been for a while. 
Yeah. And and they need we need more good news in the community. We and do. guess what music therapists do all day, every day. I mean, yes, it's hard and sometimes it's painful and tragic and and exhausting <laughs> and exhausting. But whatever that is that you are doing today matters and it matters to the health of this community, mm. any community that you're in, it matters to families, it matters to people and you are changing the world. It's making a difference. It is making a difference. So even yeah. on the days when you don't feel like you're making a difference, you still are because you're there and you're working and you you've shown up. With You're your music, up and bringing music authenticity. Yeah. You are, right. you are not leaving it worse than you found it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's a very precious and special profession to be in, to be in that sacred space with people. It mm. really is. Yes. So remember that when you're questioning, I mean, you meaning music therapist listening right. <laughs> when you're questioning your validity or your importance or all the no's that you're getting it's okay you still are valuable you are in this profession because you have a gift and you get to use it every day in your work and it's it's a really really lucky thing to have even yeah. on the bad days even on the hard days yeah. But also take care of yourself too, because we need you. We need right. you to stay in this field. Please. Yes. <laughs> we need you to take care of yourself and model that for your colleagues and your patients. Yes. Um, your own mental health and wellness. That's super important. That's yeah. something we, we do with our practice and our team. And it really does make a difference. Yeah. I know that's that's something that we've talked about on the podcast a lot and and something that's very important to our team at Music Therapy and Beyond and Giving Song here too. It's um, you know, it's it's that saying you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. It's it we're human too. And um music is powerful and we can also be using it for ourselves the same way that we try to share that with others. And it's important to be pouring back into ourselves. Yes. And reminding yourself in a daily or even weekly basis, why you even do this and keeping music for yourself, even yes. if it's, even if it's one artist or band or something that is personal to you, yep. it is okay to keep that for you. I have those people. I, those are, I have certain artists that are those are mine yes and I'm yes. not bringing them to work with me right <laughs> because we all know that feeling of when we hear this this song comes up on our playlist and all we can think about is that group or that client or or whatever and yep. it starts our world's kind of like enmesh in this really kind of weird way in our relationship with music changes and I I'm here to tell you after doing this so long my relationship with music as a bassist as a performer as a music therapist it's all just kind of shifted and morphed in all different ways yeah and and now I have the hindsight of experience to say do not lose it keep yeah. performing if you love performing because it's um it's part of you it's part of yeah what makes you you before you're a music therapist music therapy can be a job yeah it is a job it's not 
all of you. Right. Yeah. 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 It can be a, um, a profession, a calling, a vocation, but it is not your soul identity. Exactly. Yeah. And I think parsing out what parts of that belong where in your heart and mind and life is very important to be able to protect things that need to be protected. Yes. And in some cases, there's been music therapists that I have known that are like, you know what, I, I don't want to give it all away anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And I am so much performer that I need to do something else for a job because this is so precious to me. And I totally value that just so great, you know, that self-awareness. But at the same time, we, we love our music therapists in this field. We want to grow. We want to nurture you all. So it's, if you are looking to get support from other music therapists, if you're a business owner that needs support, please reach out to the music therapists in your area, start networking and events, work with your task force, work with your regional, um, organization, um, Our agency provides supervision and business consultation too. You can feel free to reach out to us. I would like to share, we do have a job opening for a neurologic music therapist, ideally with at least a couple years experience. We work with two different hospital settings in neuroscience um, with Sutter Health. One is a inpatient rehabilitation institute where there's co-treatment opportunities with multiple multidisciplinary team. And the other is an outpatient neuroscience center um, for, and it's all adults. It's 32 hours a week. We are in desperate need of somebody that is a strong NMT trained music therapist ready to go in the rehab setting. So I want to just give a little plug for that. Please email me or reach out through our website. Absolutely. That's yeah. a really cool opportunity. It's a sign-on bonus. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> For the music therapists that are listening and are really intrigued and maybe a little in awe of, of what Sophie's Place is about, is it possible to start a Sophie's Place somewhere new? How would someone go about that if this is just speaking to them? If you are currently working in a hospital... And you would like to find more out more information on how to bring a Sophie's Place to your hospital, please reach out to me directly. I can connect you with the Forever Young Foundation. They are a board, obviously, that sets up the different Sophie's Places. They work directly with the hospital. They know who to connect with and can find out who to connect with at the hospitals. Um, and it's a process, obviously, that it takes, you know, a good three to four years, I would say, before, you know, the idea comes up to construction and all of the permits used, obviously. If you have a hospital that is in process of building a new site, that is to your advantage because it's much easier to create space from a blueprint before it's set up rather than pulling away a treatment room or a patient room. Um, Typically where Sophie's places are um, remodeled into Sophie's places are previous waiting room areas, things like that. So if there's excess waiting room areas or not 
used space, um, that's usually what they target, um, but they can work with obviously your hospital design team and obviously the philanthropy piece and the fundraising piece as well. So, yeah. you know, it takes a long time, but it is so worth it. And it is so, I still can't believe it actually exists. Yeah. Ours has been open six, seven, no, six years. And um, I still get goosebumps every time I go through that door because yeah. it, it's a place you don't even imagine ever could exist with any instrument you could ever imagine with electronics that blow my mind with the wireless PA and all, all of the things that we have access to and our patients have access to. That is where the healing happens. And it is such an amazing space. It is worth the work. It is yeah. worth the work to find out who to call, who to talk to, meeting construction people in your community that may be interested in volunteering some time. Right. It's so worth it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think this message of how Sophie's Place brings hope and community to hospitals and to patients and staff and families um, has encouraged me so much today. And I think what you've touched on has extended beyond even Sophie's Place into our field and music community and why we do what we do and how we do what we do. So thank you, Tara, for bringing that to us today. This, um, this is just a fantastic conversation and I'm so grateful for your time. Oh, you are so welcome. And if anyone's listening, they want, like I said, more information, please reach out. If anyone needs hope or support or a cheerleader for your business, please reach out. I'm here to help. And um, it's just been a pleasure to meet you and to be a part of this podcast. It's so fun. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Music Therapy and Beyond. For show notes from today's episode, head to our website, musictherapyandbeyond.com. And while you're there, check out our shop. If you enjoy this content, please like and subscribe to share our work on all platforms. And don't forget to tune in every Monday for another great episode. We'll see you next time.